This is a Dauntless Media Collective podcast. Visit dauntless.fm for more content. I regret to inform you, yep, you're on Chapel Probation, a podcast that takes a critical look at evangelical colleges and universities. I'm your host, Scott Okamoto. Friends, reprobates, lend me your ears. I will give them back. I don't know where that dad joke just came from. Sorry. Now, you might have seen or heard the news that a new series has started here on Chapel Probation. I'm calling it Chapel Probation After Hours. It's a quick 30-minute conversation with friends and experts in things like therapy and grief, continuing the discussions we've had so far. I'm finding that people want to keep talking about the stories and issues brought up here, so I figured I'd make it happen. Some awesome guests are already recorded, and I'm really excited to share those conversations with you. Today's guest is Eugene, a former student of mine. Eugene is a Chinese-American man, and I actually remember him really well because it was the last semester I taught freshman writing. Uh, And I didn't have many Asian-American students in my classes, and most of the ones that I did have really had no interest in exploring their identities in in any way. They were just happy to be there with, with mostly white people. But Eugene was different, and I always enjoyed talking to him and uh, hearing his observations about whatever we were talking about. So Eugene had to endure bigotry on two levels, as an Asian American man and as a closeted bisexual man. He's living his best life now, but he's here to process his experience at APU. Okay, uh, so hi, I am Eugene, and I went to APU from 20, uh, 20, 2012 to 2016. I graduated in 2016 with a major in philosophy and a minor in biblical studies. Yeah, so th- you were right at the end of my time at APU. So <laughs> yeah, I yeah. caught the tail end but, of you, thankfully. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very cool. So. Tell me, so I was, so I saw this 18, I always ask, what were you like when you came to APU? So how would you describe yourself? I was on fire for the Lord. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I uh, I went to church all through middle school and high school. And then um, I had some friends who uh, went to APU from church and also from high school. And so I was like, I want to learn more about this faith that I'm, so on fire for so that's where i was at at yeah good choice yeah (laughs) (laughs) and you said you mentioned before you chose not to go to biola so apu being a little bit less weird yeah i mean i heard that apu was a little bit more of a liberal christian college um and I knew from personal experience, uh, having dated a girl um, in high school who uh, went to Biola, that um, Biola was not where I wanted to go. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, 
APA was a little better, but not much. So, <laughs> and we and I wanted to point out that you were part of the most diverse class I ever taught at APU. It was, I think there was three white kids. In, yeah, yeah. Um, it was we. It, it was unique for you too, right? With, did you ever have a class that diverse ever again? No, because I went to Arcadia High, so right. everyone was Chinese or yeah. Taiwanese, and um, and that was about it. There was like one black yeah. guy um, in total, the whole school, yeah, in the entire school, and so and then there were a few white people, obviously from yeah. like the foothills area. But yep. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So you you come to APU. Um. You're on fire. Uh, what happened? <laughs> what, what? What? Do you remember when things, when the fire started to cool down? And well, um, I think that I, well, so I went in um, to APU uh, with an undeclared major, but I ended up choosing philosophy and biblical studies. Um, and I think that um, from the very first biblical studies class, I already realized, like, hey, the Bible is written by people, not, you know, not just God speaking directly. And um, it's written by people in a culture that is very specific and like there's all this historical context. And um, I think I realized that when I learned that um, the ancient Israelites didn't believe in hell. They didn't believe in a lot of the things that we assume that um, people in the Bible always believed. Yeah. Uh, that's when things started to turn for me, I guess. Like I was still religious, but I yeah. just didn't know what that meant anymore. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, it wasn't liberal me that necessarily made you deconstruct. It's it's almost always the Bible classes. <laughs> No, I mean, I. it's not like I ever had a problem with your class. I was just yeah. like, oh, you know, like, that's <laughs> that's fine. Like, that's, I, I don't disagree with anything that Scott is saying, but that doesn't really, I don't, you never said anything that would keep someone from being Christian necessarily, yeah. but, um, but yeah. I did have you, you were the one class I experimented and had you read a Bart Ehrman book. Yeah, uh, Jesus Interrupted. Yeah, and I think you were the only one that read it, um, so... <laughs> I, that was the one semester where I was like, I think I'm pushing it too hard here. Um, so I was go I was gonna back off, but then they fired me after that. So um, yeah. it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you you told a story on the Facebook group um, that I was really moved by because I could relate so hard as being an Asian American male in these spaces. So you came from Arcadia, which is you, you can be very comfortably Asian <laughs> right? in that space to a place where, from my observation, it, you, you feel kind of invisible at places like APU. You're, you're, you're a forever foreigner, immigrant. So um, were, were you aware of those dynamics as soon as you got there or did it take a while to sink in? Um, I was, it did take a while to sink in. And I think... Um, I was in denial about it for quite a while. Um, I was like, well, you know, we're all God's children. And yeah. so we... <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, race doesn't matter at all. Um, 
but um, sorry, did you want me to tell the story that sure. I shared? Or sure. well, did that happen early on? The, the... Yeah, so like yeah. my freshman year, basically this girl from um, Exodus Deuteronomy uh, came up to me during midterms <laughs> or uh, right before midterms and uh, she asked me to help her with her study guide um, and she had never talked to me in her entire life. Um, so you so, didn't, it's not like you were friends with this person? Not at all. I didn't even know her name. Um, she was <laughs> blonde and, <laughs> um, and pretty but I had never talked to her. Um, but uh, so I was like, sure, you know, I can help. I, I was doing okay in the class at the time, which she didn't know because we weren't friends, but then, uh, but she assumed right, because, <laughs> because I'm Asian. Um, and so, uh, we went to a Starbucks and I helped her with, uh, with her, um, uh, study guide. And then at the end of it, she was like, wow, I feel so much better now. Um, I feel so ready for this test. Thank you so much. You know, um, I had heard the stereotypes, but you know, now I think it's, it really is true that, you know, like Asians really are the smartest ones. I knew that when I picked you out that you would help me get a good grade. <laughs> at any point, did you think she was hitting on you? Like she was like flirting with you? I don't think so. I mean, I I don't know. I'm I'm pretty oblivious to a lot of things. Um, yeah. I felt largely quite um, invisible to most of the white girls there. Right. Yeah. Um, not that you know, not completely, but sure. No, I, I I can relate. That's the part I could totally relate to. Uh, a couple thoughts. <laughs> uh, I'll give the girl some credit that she approached you for a non-math science related class so <laughs> yeah. she didn't she didn't really know all the the model minority stuff which is usually math science based she just assumed that smart were just superior intellects right which I is mean, totally true <laughs> right obviously she was, yeah she was dead right um <laughs> well, well let me say i mean lucky her that she didn't uh, approach me for uh science or math because she definitely would yeah. have failed and, if that were the case yeah so. and that was me too um uh and did you ever speak to her again were you friends after that or was this just no 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 she never approached me again i don't even remember you know i don't remember her name i don't even really remember <laughs> what she looks like she approached me that one time to help her study and that was it wow so yeah that's that's like a weird version of white privilege. You can just sort of pick out people that you think are smart and use them. Yeah. <laughs> use you were, the ethnics for what they're made for. Yes. You got, but you got used for your mind. So, I mean, it doesn't make it better, but um, I mean, it's just weird. <laughs> all right. So while that was all happening, were you feeling weird about it or were you just sort of confused or um, did you? Because you, you've had years now to process this, and we can certainly go and unpack the racial elements there. But at the time, were were you uncomfortable, or were you just like, "Oh, this is weird"? Um, when she said that, I got pretty uncomfortable. Okay, at the end, yeah. yeah, I, I mean, I didn't know what to say to that. I think that was the yeah. big problem. I was like, "Do I say thank you, or is that?" offensive of me to say thank you i didn't i i just was like oh uh, ha, ha, ha. thank you well, for anyway. recognizing my superior intellect based purely on my race my race yeah yeah yeah, yeah. basically yeah i mean so i mean i ended up getting a good grade in the class but like but i mean i don't i don't know how she did but um, <laughs> 
but that's just luck. It's just because I, I liked biblical studies. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, that was your thing. Um, yeah, wow. That's... So from that point on, was that like eye-opening moment where you started to sort of interrogate how you're you're perceived by your fellow classmates? And Yeah, I think that um, all throughout APU, um, I kind of watched uh, how other Asian Americans um, at APU uh, navigated being Asian American. And I uh, had to kind of figure out what that looks like for me, you know? Um, I think because, well, I, I was, I, I joined a few apostle meetings, mm -hmm. um, uh, but then choir kind of took over my life. <laughs> and yeah. So I didn't have any time for anything else anymore, but. Choir um, was cooler. I'll, I'll, I'll admit that. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, so it was, it was much more of a time commitment for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, I remember there were a lot of instances where I had to decide whether I would make a decision that made me look more Asian or less Asian. Um, and so I was actually, I was part of chapel band for two years. Um, and uh, I, when I auditioned for chapel band, uh, they have you fill out this questionnaire. Um, and one of the questions is, would you be willing to uh, be on the international chapel team? <laughs> um, and I, guess in my mind I was like well I don't want to be lumped in with that necessarily yeah. so then I was like I'm gonna click no so that you pick me for my voice and not for my ethnicity which thinking back now I don't know how how good that makes me look really but that was like one of the like no but I get it that I had to make yeah I, I get what you were doing um yeah no especially in in the you have to people have to understand the setting is is APU and you're, you're figuring out what what your identity is and, and trying to have people see you for you and not just as an international student so right which you weren't even you you lived in America for a number of years by that point so right right so yeah wait what did you do on the worship team singing I sang I don't play anything okay. <laughs> I sing background uh, oh, vocals hey. so, so <laughs> then the, the other dark side is you you were you were the diversity visual on the stage for the regular chapel. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> so AP, you could put it up in the, on the posters, like, look, there's an Asian guy on a worship team. Uh, yeah, they, they would never have an Asian guy leading worship, but um, right. I don't think. Well, Did they? Um, well, international chapel. Okay, yeah, international um, chapel, yeah. Yeah, I mean, ironically, uh, I feel like... Usually the, um, well, so when I went to APU, the leader of International Chapel, um, he was Asian, yeah. but. He was like a local pastor, um, uh, wasn't he? Oh, oh, sorry. International Chapel band. Oh, band. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. sorry. Oh, oh, oh. Um, he, you know, he was Asian, but I feel like he didn't, like he was pretty Americanized at that point. Yeah. And so I'm pretty sure they just, you know. Oh, yeah. him for his face he, he didn't like you know like like uh they would lead in different languages sometimes and mm -hmm. then like he was chinese but then um one time i heard him try to lead a you know revelation song or something in chinese um and i was like what are you what are, what are you saying i don't understand <laughs> any of that because his chinese was so bad but 
Yeah. But, and the Chinese people can hear it, and everyone else is like, wow, that's so cool. He speaks Chinese. Yeah, it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the observations I make in my book, and then I've made it on this podcast, is diversity it's what they they're always saying diversity we are god honoring diversity at apu but it really just means they're nice enough to include a few people of color um, on the on the fringes usually um but they're there and they're welcome and we love them but, right but you're never you never feel centered when you're when you're if you're asian american especially yeah and i remember um throughout my uh, theology and philosophy and biblical studies classes, I remember feeling quite lost oftentimes, um, like learning all of these different, reading all these, these different commentaries, and they were um, written by um, a lot of white people, obviously, mm -hmm. um, a lot of, you know, and then some, uh, there were some um, uh, Latinx uh, writers too, and then um, some, you know, African. Uh, we read like African Bible commentaries too, but mm. I felt like there wasn't a lot of East Asian, um, yeah, representation in terms of uh, contributing to theology. Right, um, and so that made me feel like, well, so how do I blend my uh, Chinese heritage with um, such a Western religion. Um, and, you know, eventually I figured out, you know, I mean, at least I can't. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. And so um, you don't identify as Christian today. Um, or you do? Not no. really. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like it would be disingenuous for me to identify as Christian just because I don't believe in so many things that Christians believe but then at the same time I don't you know I'm not I'm not an atheist mm -hmm. um I feel like right now I am probably agnostic um I believe to a certain extent that there's probably a god somewhere but i'm not able to make a lot of assumptions about that god um mm -hmm. and i try to live functionally atheist so i don't want to rely on god as a crutch for the decisions that i make uh, so like i want to make my own choices and take full accountability for that so that's that's how i kind of see my life yeah you you join the long list of people that APU would not like to hear about because it's isn't it ironic how you, they set up this university to sort of like I mean they almost promise you that this is going to give you a solid foundation of faith of evangelical Christian faith from like it's a springboard into the rest of your life like you're gonna you go to APU you're gonna get four years of solid Christian teaching and education. And you're gonna, it's gonna set you up for this life of evangelical Christian faith. I mean, it's literally in the faith statement of the school. And yet, right. so many people, so few people, go through those four years, and where, where that actually happens. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess it's, it's pretty much perfect. I guess that um, 
my last year at APU where I was like continuing to deconstruct kind of coincided with uh, that was 2016. And so that was the Trump election. Oh, wow. um, and so you were there for that. Yeah. Well, no, I wasn't there for the election. Um, thankfully, my God. Oh, that's right. You would have graduated was, in the spring of 16. Yeah, yeah. But I was realizing that a lot of people that I thought that I knew um, yeah. were very enthusiastically voting or or even like for Trump, yeah. unenthusiastically, but still voting for Trump. Yeah. And so that was like when I was like, oh, I don't know what being Christian means anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot you were there during that, the run up to the election. Yeah. And it's interesting. So many, I've talked to so many people who, who point to 2016 as the breaking point um, or, or a major point in their deconstruction. Uh, yeah. And maybe I think cause I was pretty close to my church too at that time. And then realizing that all of my mentors and the pastoral staff, like at least the older pastoral staff and basically the entire older congregation of my church, which is a Chinese American church um, that they, uh, were so for Trump and everything that he said and did. Um, wow, even the Asians? I know, yeah. Wow. Actually, yeah, I did read that. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, it's, it's a head-scratcher. Like, he doesn't like you. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he, he had no love for any Asian people, Asian-American people. We were all foreigners to, to Trump. And, right. Yeah, it's, but yeah, so I think that plus, you know, also friends uh, from APU who uh, revealed themselves as Trump supporters um, made me, uh, it was definitely a turning point for my faith because um, you almost feel, you feel betrayed because, you know, like people taught you to love your neighbor and everything and then that's um they vote for someone who is the exact opposite of that so oh, right the, the very basic things that we learn in sunday school as kids yeah trump seemed to be in complete opposition to all those things and yeah i was gonna do a sketch here but it just kept coming out as an angry rant so fuck it being asian american in white nationalist evangelical spaces really sucks I mean, it kind of just sucks as being an Asian-American man in America, but yeah. On my website, rscottokamoto.com, you can see a video of me at a storytelling show telling a very similar story to Eugene's, except I was at UC San Diego. A white girl asked me for help with her advanced calculus homework. She didn't know me, so she also didn't know I wasn't in advanced calculus. Or if there were Asians, I just looked like them. I was in Calculus for Poets, or what we called Calculish. The point is, both Eugene and I have experienced being useful to white people who assumed, I don't know, we were just standing by waiting for them to ask us for help. I stayed friendly with the woman who asked me for help, but poor Eugene just kind of got used by a Christian woman who clearly felt entitled to his knowledge and abilities. It's like we're part of their dominion over the earth. So yeah, yeah, we're just here for all you white people. Happy to help, Wh whatever you need. 
We put the intelligent in God's intelligent design, so ask away. We got you. I mean, really, does everyone assume we Asians are just generally smart? I mean, we totally are. Why can't people like watch Lynn Sanity and 38 at the Garden and assume we're all great at basketball? Or, hmm, okay, maybe there is a sketch here. Like a sketch about a young Asian American man walking across his evangelical school campus. Okay, one more class today and then the weekend. Hey Asian, do you think you could take a picture of me and my friends? Uh, sure. There you go. Thanks, I heard Asians are great at taking pictures, so I'm really glad I asked you. No problem. That was weird. Hey, Buddha. <laughs> Do my laundry. <laughs> I, I know you all are good at that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, fuck off. Hey, geez, I was just joking. Jeez. <sighs> I need to get out of this shitty evangelical school. If I hear one more assumption about... Hey, stud. Excuse me? Would you like to come back to my dorm during chapel this morning? Uh, yes. Wait, why are you asking me? I don't even know you. I just read the Karma Sutra, and I'm assuming Asian men are experts in the erotic arts. Wait, is that... that's true, right? Or am I making a false assumption about... No, uh, no, it's absolutely true. So true. (laughs) Couldn't be more true. (laughs) Great, here's my dorm number. See you in an hour, stud. See you. I guess some assumptions can be good. Okay, to be clear, assumptions are never good. Unless, you know, someone like Gail in the sketch. Uh, No, 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 wait. Assumptions are not good. Anyway, thanks to Gail and Nate uh, of the Full Mutuality Podcast who uh, are willing to play the fool with me and helping me out with this sketch. Oh, and my daughter Audrey played the other student. I had to bribe her. So, I think we've all learned an important lesson here. Uh, It's kind of up to you to decide exactly what that lesson was. Um, So, as... Are you comfortable talking about sexuality then? Because we move on? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did you come to APU knowing you weren't straight? Did you come? Um, I came to APU quite closeted. Um, and I was closeted all through APU. Um, but you 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 knew you weren't straight. So yeah, I mean, I think I knew that I wasn't, but I hadn't really come out to myself that okay. entire time. And so, um, I identify as bi, um, mm-hmm. and I, uh, so I, you know, I liked girls, um, at APU and, um, but then There's also a lot there of were a lot of, yeah, there were a lot of girls, uh, <laughs> a lot of pretty girls at APU, but then there were also a lot of pretty boys at APU. And I, uh, it was kind of interesting trying to like to like push all of you know that side of me down um 
to try to fit into uh, what I thought being Christian was about. Um, even though like I was, I didn't have a problem with, um, with people being gay, but okay. for some reason I had a problem with me being queer, yeah. I guess. Like yeah. I, I could accept it in others, but I couldn't accept it in myself. Right. Yeah. So it made me think back. Like I was like, now where I am now, I was, I, I like, I think back to, you know, the, um, the, uh, professors that I really liked and like the, uh, some of the friends that I got along really well with. And I'm like, so did I actually connect well with the course material of this professor or did I just think that he was really hot? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I think, I think it was both, but you know. Yeah, there can be a lot of layers of connectivity in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so you didn't ever feel like necessarily you needed to do like reparative therapy kind of things. Um, oh no! Thankfully, no. I, thankfully. I never, I never thought that I needed to do that. Okay. No one ever encouraged me to do that. Good. Yeah, because yeah, that's fucked up. That's yeah. That's really damaging. Um, but it had to be hard because that's just how deep seated the conservative faith is right Cause, yeah because there was haven did you were you aware was that on your radar like uh, i was okay. aware of haven i never went to any meetings because i was so closeted. yeah yeah for sure um, i yeah. didn't want to be like oh hey oh, i didn't want people to be like oh hey you know why are you here <laughs> um but it turned out like most of those kids were straight <laughs> really interesting uh glenda was because like, i assume they were all queer of of some stripe you know like on the spectrum of sexuality but sure um yeah a lot of them were it was just you were there at a time when it was like cool to be queer adjacent or, yeah or, or or ambiguously identified as as something other than straight um but at the end of the day a lot of those kids were were not not queer at all um yeah a lot a few were a, a good chunk were but um, yeah, but it was also kind of a click too, so it, it was hard to break in, and you know, there was. Um... Yeah, I was there though. I was at APU when Doctor Ackley got right. fired. Um, I don't. What what name does he go by? Now? Uh, he goes by um, Donovan. Donovan. Okay, I when think. he came out, I think he went by Adam. Yeah, Adam. Yeah, so then like the hashtag I stand with Adam was right. trending at yeah. that point and there was like a protest. Um yep. that was kind of, you know, uh, at that point I already knew I was like that's fucked up. You know, yeah. you shouldn't be firing people for that. Um that's like ridiculous. Um and that kind of sparked some conversations with um uh with people and then like this one guy um who's an absolute asshole <laughs> who was in my grade. Um, he was like, "Oh well, you know, like, well, I don't know, you know why any would whatever um keep him at the school. He's like a stain on the society or whatever." Yeah, um, that was a common sentiment. Yeah, but I knew that I didn't agree with that. <laughs> um, yeah, but. and it's fascinating too because the trans identity was really kind of um as as we understand it today, wasn't born there, but it was given the okay the APA delisted it from its you know list of um neuroses or whatever and so oh, yeah. it it was no longer seen as as something to be medically treated or or, or handled so um 
And to to a place like APU, they were barely getting their minds around just being gay. Um, right. The trans identity just blew their minds. <laughs> yeah, they had no idea how to how to react to it. Um, yeah. So that was yeah, that was that was a rough one. I, I'm still trying to figure out how to have an episode about um, about uh, Professor Ackley because uh, he signed an NDA. You can't really speak about it legally, so. Yikes! But I know the tea. I was, I was there. <laughs> yeah. So I have to figure out how to, to tell that story. But yeah, that must have been weird. As someone, you're someone dealing with your identity and mm-hmm. to watching. To, and when you see how the culture responds to something like that, so inhumanely and so hatefully. I mean that that doesn't necessarily encourage you to want to come out in any way. Yeah, I mean, like I have friends who you know I'm still you know friendly with, but um, you know, like some of my friends were more conservative, and they would talk about how they weren't going to go to their cousin's wedding because uh, it was a gay wedding, and then finally, you know, years later when I came out to them they were like they were like oh my gosh why didn't you come out to me sooner and i'm like what do you mean why didn't i come out to you sooner you made your position very clear on the issue you know like it's it makes it very difficult to you know i think that it's it's ironic i i found out the irony that a lot of these friends um even though they are against gay marriage and they are against um, homosexuality they uh, they still want you to come out to them um, they're not gonna yeah. they're not trying to convert you but they just they want their gay best friend you know <laughs> yeah they so. want the cred of saying they can add it to their testimony yeah yeah it's like so that they can say you know like oh, I love uh, everyone yeah yeah I have you know my friend Eugene you know yeah. dates guys yeah, yeah yeah so and then they, they can say their their homophobic jokes because right they have a gay friend right because they have yeah exactly so yeah, we see it. Yeah. So also, you were also heavily involved with choir, as you mentioned. Um, yeah. And since we're talking about identity and gender, I think I've talked to you about this before, but like the man choir. Oh, my God. <laughs> was it, what was the official name? Um, uh, men's Chorale. Men's Chorale. It was like, it, was, it seemed mostly white, but um, they're, they're a choir. So they always felt like they had to overcompensate their manliness by coming up with the name man choir and wear sunglasses and act all cool and macho while they're singing their four-part harmonies you know right yeah like i would always tell them just just be the choir it's it's cool in its own way you know it's it's not like the 80s where being in a choir means you get beat up you know in in the parking lot it's right it's like it's cool so why are you trying so hard to exude this masculinity in in a place where you don't need it did you so since you were in it what was it like it was weird <laughs> um i mean i don't know uh so i was in it um when was the director god bless his soul he mm, passed right. away um a couple years ago yeah. i think yeah. um but i remember when i found out about that um i was a little bit conflicted because he was a really nice guy you know mm-hmm. he was very uh charismatic in both senses in the both the religious and the you know 
had a great charisma mm -hmm. <laughs> sense of the word. Um, and I think this is a recurring theme of my life where um, I'm surrounded by a lot of Christian people who are good people, but say and believe a lot of really problematic things. <laughs> um, and so yeah. he would, he would share, you know, um, uh, how to be, you know, how to be a godly man. <laughs> uh, every oh, single. So this came uh, from the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, f like every every rehearsal, basically, um, he would um, share about. Uh, uh, you know, oh, you know, uh, you guys need to make sure that you are staying pure for the Lord, you know, um, uh, don't let sin into your lives. And by sin, he meant masturbation, obviously, because that's the only sin that oh, the a man could possibly do. Yeah, <laughs> um, the one, the most obvious one for a bunch of, you know, 18 to 22 year old men. Right, yeah. Um, um, and then uh, he would have like, side tangents about how uh harry potter was of the devil and it was like witchcraft and i mean wow. I, mean, I don't i don't you know i'm not a fan of jk rowling now because right. of how transphobic she is right. but but i i was a big fan back then yeah but that's your like, generation i mean that was yeah yeah um and then there was a lot of um just charismatic talk i guess like a lot of oh. like faith healing and things like that oh. and um, yeah, just a lot of things that made me feel quite uncomfortable, I guess. Um, and yeah, it was, it was very interesting, um, because it felt, um, because a lot of the guys in Man Choir were so close, uh, it could sometimes feel a little culty, maybe. Um, or homoerotic? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, I think I've heard stories uh, of, like, you know, guys messing around with each other on these tours. I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't a part of any of that. Um, but oh, um, That would have almost made it worthwhile, too. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, but... Uh, but yeah, so it was it was it was an interesting time, um, and then uh, and then I, I was part of UCO the uh, right. it's the big mi the, the big one. mixed uh, yeah. choir, um, and so very uh, a, a highly awarded and, and and celebrated choir. Yeah, uh, and so they were both ministry choirs, so we would visit a lot of different churches. Yeah. Um, you came to Lake Avenue. My my parents would always say, "Hey, the APU choir came and sang." Yeah, 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 and then our uh, our yearly Christmas concert was right. at That's Lake Avenue right. too. Yeah, so it was always during final season because you know because that's just how yeah how it was. So that was always stressful, but the holidays and finals. Um, at the time, did was was your gaydar active back then? Did 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 you clock people in not just in the choir, but because I have this theory. <laughs> okay, hear me out. From from where I sat, there was a lot of homoerotic activity and um, acceptance in the male dorm in the boys' dorms. Is it Smith Hall? Um, <laughs> yeah. There was like a at one point there was like a group of boys that started like a cuddling club, and it would always they would always say no homo. Yeah, while um, like literally like whipping their dicks out and like comparing. Oh yeah, yeah. There's yeah, that too. The like, obvious ones. <laughs> yeah, uh, there was a lot of that um, in. In all of the uh, 
the guys' dorms. Yeah. yeah. And and I and I and I would usually just say to them, it's it sounds like you you have some things you might want to address. And and I don't mean this in any way judgmentally. I just mean if just go with this and <laughs> just let's yeah. just call this what it is because it seemed it seemed to me like I in my college experience it seemed like being gay was was not accepted and, and male intimacies of any kind were not accepted you know and that's not a good thing um but it was accepted at APU and it just felt like there were there was an opportunity for people to really explore their identities um and it's weird that it was more healthy at APU like with men expressing physical intimacy with each other yeah and i'm not saying they were all gay like, at all but no homo kind of way yeah, yeah. but they were so o- overtly aware of so it's confusing I mean, it had to be very confusing for anyone who was in the closet or, or or questioning their identity because you could spoon some a, a friend a fellow yeah <laughs> a dorm mate um, yeah so did you observe any of that or what was um, I observed, I didn't participate, but, okay. um, but I did, uh, yeah, there was a lot of nudity, um, mm-hmm. in Smith Hall, you know, once it's 10 o'clock and the girls got to leave, um, <laughs> then it's yeah. nudity builds community, I right. believe. I was, was going to say, was that's the, the thing I heard. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't quite understand the appeal, <laughs> even with the, you know, little homo in me that was there, you know, okay. I was like, I don't, I don't quite get that, but yeah, there was a lot of a lot a you lot know, of guys that got like drop really trial with everybody you. and uh, yeah yeah because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm so it's like i was so i was so amused by all that and wanting to make and that's why i was, I, was I, would, I would always tell my classes you know you all need to anyone needs to talk about it in a safe place <laughs> <laughs> and a few kids did um but yeah the weirdest one years before you got there this group of guys started a guys only worship scene in one of the dorms and the only reason we found out about it is because the school closed it down for fire hazard because they would <laughs> they would get like 25 guys in a one one small dorm room and they had to take off their clothes like down to their underwear what? and they would start singing songs and dancing and writhing around together until they all got like drenched in sweat what <laughs> and then but then they would bully like if if you got invited and you said no they would bully you like come on you know we're just guys being guys and and so like it was making a lot of dudes really uncomfortable because they didn't want to go ride around half naked with sweaty dudes in a room right and then the campus safety found out about it and shut it down because it's too many people in a room <laughs> you know yeah you know what i think that um as an answer to your theory um all of the, you know, homoerotic shit that happened um, in those dorms was actually uh, a bunch of straight guys who wanted to prove they were straight by getting naked with each other yeah. and going like, look, you're not turned on by this. I'm not turned on by this. So we're all good here. Um, and that's why, you know, the people who might have might question themselves a little bit more tended to not participate in that as much um so oh so it's like some kind of alpha thing like i'm a i'm so i'm so straight i'm so straight that uh, you know i could see the entire hall naked and that wouldn't do anything for me yeah but but in that group there had to be a few guys who are like 
just happy to be there. And oh, no, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, if if some guys were less shy about it, yeah. then, you know, the, or, you know, unabashed. Yeah. Then yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I literally, I had a football player in my one of my classes just say, he, he was one of those that had no filter. And he, and he thought that crossed this boy's mind, we were going to hear it. And he once blurted it out. He's like, you know, have you ever just wanted to, like, kiss your best friend? And the whole class was like, like, someone of the same sex. He's like, yeah, you know, I just love him so much. I just want to kiss him. And like, <laughs> maybe, no, maybe. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Nobody wanted to say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this boy is outing himself. And right. He doesn't right, even right. know he's outing himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, I tried to get him to talk more about it, but then he kind of shut up when he realized what he, he was the only said. one <laughs> in that group that was admitting to wanting yeah. to kiss his best friend. Um, it would be difficult to compare the experiences of being an Asian American and being uh, a queer student at an evangelical college. It's like apples and oranges. It's like apples and oranges if the apples and oranges are filled with maggots. Neither is good. And the point is, it sucks being an Asian American and an LGBTQIA student in different ways. But I will say, it had to be really confusing for anyone struggling with issues of sexual identity at places like APU. The boys' dorms, and, I, and I'm, I'm told this is kind of a universal, um, as Eugene pointed out, were often well, sausage fests. It's hard to describe the vibe, but a lot of these boys, suffering under the crippling restrictions of purity culture, sure did like showing their dicks to each other. But not in a healthy way where they felt free to explore their sexuality. No, these boys, as Eugene pointed out, were exerting their straight masculinity, like peacocking through the dorms. I still think there are more queer men in those dorms than in the national average, but as with many confusing attributes of this school and evangelical schools in general, it's complicated. But thankfully, Eugene found his way out into the world. We live in an era of unprecedented access to information, news, and media. But what happens when all that information leads you to suddenly realize you spent the majority of your childhood in a cult? Well, we can tell you. Join me, Jessica Goforth, and Kathleen Reynolds as we take you into the world of cult recovery after all the emotional, psychological, financial, and sexual abuse we experienced as part of Bill Gothard's Advanced Training Institute. On our podcast called Leaving the Village, we talk candidly about our journey out and interview other survivors whose experiences will boggle your mind as scandals continue to rock the twisted world of IBLP. Subscribe to Leaving the Village today so you don't miss a single episode. So yeah, it's confusing because you've got this, this rigorous fundamentalist religion where being gay is like the worst possible thing, um, right? especially for men. Um, so yeah, it's gotta be so hard. Let's, I admired like the Haven kids that came out and, and did their protests and, and made their presence known, but I totally understood why people didn't want to be involved with that. Yeah. Um, cause you had the double whammy of being an Asian man 
we already face emasculation in this society right. and especially in that culture and invisibility and and then not being completely straight is that's just two strikes man like yeah at apu yeah um yeah i mean i think that it was it was just very interesting because uh in all of my uh biblical studies and philosophy classes uh i'm pretty sure that 90 percent of my professors uh for the theology program were affirming <laughs> um oh yeah and then most of my classmates were actually atheists <laughs> um uh wow. yeah. yeah and so i was you know i'm i'm kind of different from like a lot of you know the people you've had on this podcast in a way because like i feel like the philosophy and biblical studies bubble is like one of the most liberal ones yeah, at APU. For sure. And so then, yeah, so I knew intellectually that it was okay to be who I was, but it just took a longer time culturally to yeah. be okay with that, especially with so many friends who uh, intellectually and theologically were not okay with that. Right. You know? And like uh, my church itself who was also not okay with that, so... And being, being Chinese, it's it's also not super accepted being, being queer at all, right? So yeah, no. It's, regardless of your religion, it's, right? It's like it's not so much of a religious thing as it is just like that's icky and that's not yeah. what Chinese people do. So, yeah, yeah. Um, are you out to your family? Are you? Um, I'm out to, um, some of my family. I'm not out to my parents, um, okay. but I'm out to my sisters and okay. yeah, so, um, we'll make sure I won't have the last name, um, on the episode. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, cause yeah, that's, that's a hard one. That's, um, yeah. Um, all right. So you, you, you wind up your time at APU, um, and from what you've told me, it was, it was a lot of good times in the choir experience, touring with the choirs, and it was a it was a community you were a part of. Yeah, you know, honestly, like I didn't have a terrible time at APU, um, but I think that it was just like coming out of it and going into the real world where I realized that, um, yeah, I I <laughs> um, if I were to go again, I go back to college again. It, probably wouldn't be the one that I chose. Yeah. Um, but like so many that you have interviewed before, um, it did kind of fast track my um, deconstruction from evangelicalism um, because I felt like because people who claimed to be Christian were teaching me these different ideas that I was also free to think these different ideas um, because I was like in a safe space. Whereas if I went to, I don't know, like a state school or something, um, and uh, people who didn't identify as Christian brought up those ideas, I would get more defensive probably mm. and be like, well, you know, well, I believe this because this is what my church right. thought, you know. Um, yeah. but, and that was my yeah. experience too. You know, yeah. anytime a professor was making fun of Christianity, it definitely made me think, oh, oh I'm in the right place because I'm fighting against this. Yeah. Secular anti-Christian thing. And, yeah. Like I think if I went to a state school or if I went to a public school, I would have 
considered it a mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Yeah. You're on the front lines of the battle. Yeah. <laughs> All the metaphors. Um, yeah. 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 And so um, I think you mentioned that you you stayed involved with different choirs um, for a little while after you left. Um, yeah. Um, I stayed uh, involved in choir basically until uh, COVID. <laughs> um, right. And now, I mean, I would be open to joining choir, but I just like I value my alone time and my at home time uh, a lot more now. And yeah. so like going to rehearsals twice a week is just not something that I want to do anymore. So, huh. yeah. But I mean, and, you know, I'm a musician like and I haven't I don't know if I've ever been in a choir, but I've been in bands and I've been in you know marching band and orchestra. Even the rehearsals were kind of like. I enjoyed it because it was like being part of a of an entity that made music together. And yeah, so yeah, it was, it was definitely like, very fun. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I uh, I got to travel a lot because right. of choir. You know, like with I was also part of chamber singers, and so we got to go to uh, Ireland and Wales and uh, London, and then we went to Italy as well. So like yeah, that gave me a lot of opportunities to travel to places that yeah. I have been able to and to perform so. in these places. It's that's yeah. cool. Um, did you ever date at APU? Did you? Did you? Um, never fully officially. Okay. Yeah. Like I had mutual likes, <laughs> um, and you know, and stuff like that. But I think I was so well. One, I was so busy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, choir really does suck up like a lot yeah, of time. <laughs> um, but it's like also, being honest. It's like being an athlete. <laughs> yeah yeah it really is um um but uh also you know it was before i came to terms with my sexuality really and so then like i didn't really explore um things for myself very much until after graduating so when when you said mutual likes was was it male and female mutual likes or just female just female Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um i don't think that i ever had like crushes on guys mm. uh, at APU because mainly because I didn't let myself right. um yeah. but uh I mean I just found them attractive <laughs> so yeah but uh, I mean that's probably for the best because dating in any way at APU is always fraught with all these complications of guilt and and um DTRs <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um yeah, navigating any kind of romantic entanglements in these spaces is is hard. So, so when, when do you remember when you had your first date post APU? What did it feel freeing, or did you still feel like it was taboo, or you were breaking rules? Or <laughs> um, I was okay with myself uh, when I went on my first date with a guy. Um, uh, post APU, um, it was just, I think, it wasn't so much ashamed or okay. thought anything was taboo. It was just complete lack of experience, and so sure. then I had assumptions about dating, about sex, and that um, were completely. Mm. Um, 
different from how things really are um, when you actually get into it. Um, and so that was really confusing for me for a really long time. And I felt like, yeah, I felt like um, with a lot of my other friends who, you know, started dating um, a lot earlier in life, I feel like they matured in that aspect sure. like a lot quicker than I did. But yeah. And it's not a race. So as long as you, you get there, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, all, yeah. but yeah, I, I, your point is well taken. And uh, you know, you can apply that concept to a lot of things. Um, when you come out of a place like APU, you know, students often complain they're not ready to be in a workplace that's secular or they're not ready to have friends and social circles that aren't, that don't all go to chapel together. And um, yeah. Yeah. So APU is not great. And, and all evangelical schools aren't great for a lot of ways as far as preparing you for life outside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that that's like, that's the hard thing, you know, it's like AP was fun, but it wasn't really, it didn't really do anything for me in terms of preparing me for, yeah. um, for the world. Well, so. fortunately you said you had a philosophy major, right? So Right. That's useful for, for life. I think it's. I feel like yeah. everyone should have a philosophy minor or something because it helps you decode the the world that you live in. Right, and then you know, like the the beliefs that uh, that um, certain denominations or people believe, um, you can kind of like break it down into you know the logical arguments and the history that cause you to have said beliefs. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> especially we mentioned like the Trump thing and all the stuff happening today. It's it's just like, how do these people come to these conclusions? And, yeah. And I don't want to know because. <laughs> yeah, no, that tragic. still confuses me. That that <laughs> stuff definitely still confuses me. Although, I mean, on the other hand, uh, I don't know, I mentioned to you earlier about the whole Luther thing um, and like how um, uh, Luther... Martin Luther was uh, an anti-Semitic asshole. Who, um, <laughs> yeah, we'll just say uh, it. It's yeah, it's, um, and how you know people who uh, subscribed to a lot of these anti-Semitic views that uh, Luther believes ended up contributing to the Holocaust. You know, like yeah. hundreds of years later. So yeah, like, like we've made the claim already on this podcast that like QAnon and Mega World started in like the 90s or the 70s or the 60s but no you could trace it back to luther <laughs> yeah yeah um it's it's like a sanctioned version of hatred and bigotry um yeah so yeah so as you look back now and, and you're and you have this life and um do you do you have you gotten to the place yet where you can separate yourself from the APU life, the, 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 the Christian life as you live your life now, or, or is everything still sort of in context of in opposition to the past life? Um, I guess, I mean, I live quite separate, separate from my, uh, life at APU. Um, I actually, recently finally had my like official like sorry guys i'm leaving um with my church like i hadn't oh. attended since like before covid but okay. like i officially told them that you know i'm not attending anymore oh. um 
and yeah, I mean, uh, but I think that it's still, um, I think I'm still trying to navigate how to, um, be a moral person and be a, a yeah. good person who shows people that they care for them without telling them like, like it used to be so easy to be like, Oh, I'll pray for you, you know? Yeah. And like to really be sincere about that, sure. you know, be like, here, I'm thinking about you, but like, but now I don't really know what to say in, um, in place of that. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, as long as the, I, the sentiment is there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it just feels weird not invoking Jesus or something, right? To, right. When, uh, Jesus died for me, so therefore I love you. <laughs> it was, right. It's like yeah. a transactional thing in, in Christianity, whereas now it's just like, no, from my heart to yours, I'm, I'm expressing this care. And it's like learning a new language. Um, yeah, no, it really is. Um, it's really interesting navigating friendships and relationships that. Um, in more of a secular context mm -hmm. and like realizing why I should be good to people, um, you know, rather than, you know, being told that I have to. So yeah. yeah. For the least of these. Yeah. It's like, who are you calling least of these? Yeah. All right. All right. So the last thing is usually like, um, you mentioned you wouldn't go to APU again, but if someone asks you about APU, how would you describe it? Um, well, if someone asks me about APU, I would tell them that it is a Christian college that is trying and often failing to get in touch with the world. Um, I think that, you know, if you had asked me like three years into my, like when I was still at APU, if I would recommend people go to APU, I might have might have honestly said like depending on your major, yeah. if you decided to do my majors like philosophy yeah. and biblical studies, then yeah, go for it, you know. But now because I hear about how things are now, um, it's just, I mean, can you afford it? Is the problem? Uh, yeah. And like, if you can, then like maybe invest in education in somewhere where <laughs> you can you know like you know but but you know i appreciate the deconstruction that it provided for me but at the same time that was th that's a lot of money that you could be spending somewhere else so yeah yeah that's, so yeah, yeah you're you're another one of those that thank apu for the deconstruction path it set you on yeah yeah but it's i mean not if you're what going the school wants here <laughs> yeah i feel like it was a lot of like it was very interesting to see like the political affiliations of the different um uh uh programs at yeah, APU. departments like, yeah. yeah the departments like because like the the business program was usually quite conservative yeah. and you've mentioned the science program science, also, history um, yeah also like quite conservative but then like i just happened to stumble upon the most liberal ones so yeah. i mean i'm thankful for that but. yeah i'm glad because it could have been a much worse experience for you um being you and and uh so yeah that's that's good I'm yeah gl i'm glad you had those experiences cool um well thanks for 
taking the time to come on, man. It's really oh. good to catch up. And Yeah, thank you. It's, it's always a pleasure to <laughs> speak to you about different yeah, yeah. experiences and yeah. things. No, we'll, we'll party uh, soon. We'll, we'll get our people together. And... That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks again to Eugene for coming on to Chapel Probation. Uh, we're not quite done. We leave you this week with a bonus... Uh, surprise (laughs) because we don't believe in hell uh, in the Christian sense anyway we decided to do some performative sacrilegiosity is that a word? Eugene is an amazing singer so enjoy this bonus of us I don't know reimagining a beloved worship song as a queer anthem yeah there's, there's no hell right? Okay, so tell me about the worship songs. Um, okay, so about the worship songs. Okay, so my friends and I um, in college and then a little bit after that with my um, other naughty church friends, we would joke about how um, if you just replace the word Jesus with daddy for a lot of different songs um, uh, in a, a lot of different worship songs they end up sounding really really horny and I mean, uh, they are kind of horny in a in the in a godly sense right yeah yeah like horny hot, for Jesus horny for God and Jesus yeah so. Um, <laughs> so that kind of like I mean that just accentuates like I so basically um, the song that we would usually do it to is like Jesus at the center because um, at that uh, in that song they you, at the end you repeat like Jesus Jesus like over and over and over again and it builds in intensity. It so, builds yeah. to a climactic ending. Did, did you actually sing Daddy in any of the like when you were in chapel or were you just singing oh, yourselves? Oh. Oh, I mean, like not not in chapel, but <laughs> as a joke with you know the, yeah, some yeah. of the other like chapel members. Yeah, sure. Hmm. Just imagine if such if such a version of this song existed and were recorded. Oh yeah. Hmm. Imagine. Okay. Nice. Yeah.
daddy be the center It's all about you Yes, it's all about you From my heart to the bedroom Daddy be the center It's all about you Yes, it's all about you daddy okay so i don't know what that was um but i kind of liked it uh can we get all the churches in west hollywood on the line uh, i think we got something for them this episode was brought to you by the kama sutra it's, it's just time to start associating asian men with sexuality <laughs> <laughs>